This could be for you. Exclamation point. All right, everyone. Welcome back on another expensive edition here of Steve Made a Game Show. We've got Taylor joining us today, an expensive guest. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Steve. It is an absolute honor to uh, be an expensive guest on this game show today. Your agent drives a hard bargain. We ponied up a lot of smag coins to get you here, but I think the audience is in store for an excellent expensive episode. So let's get started. We've got three rounds coming at us today. Round one is going to be the category round, very unique to Taylor. There are going to be three questions each, 50, 150, and 250 points. After that, we'll roll into the persuasion round. I'm going to give Taylor a prompt, something that he is especially enthusiastic about. I know he's going to give us something very persuasive. Depending on how persuasive it is, he's going to be rewarded even more points. And then we're going to finalize the show in the lightning round. I'm going to give Taylor a prompt. And after 45 seconds, however many answers that he's correctly rattled off is going to award him 10 more points each. Taylor, are you ready to jump into this game show? I love it. Let's party. Who is your game show hero that you're modeling your performance after today? Oh, boy. I was actually thinking about game shows earlier today. It's been a while since I've, one, participated in them, two, really watched them much. I feel like I got to go with a legend of Bob Barker. You know, it's takes me back to Happy Gilmore, all of those great things that have come out with Bob Barker. What an icon, a hero to me in particular as the host, but but all of us who've ever watched an 1130 a.m. broadcast of The Price is Right. Oh, talk about the good old days. All right, we're going to come on down to these three categories. One letter New York Stock Exchange stock symbols, Stanley Cup winning Red Wings, and classic pardon my take guests. Big range of categories here. Where do we want to begin today? Ooh, these are great. Let's go with stocks. Just coming off of work, we're in the mindset. Okay, going for 50 in stocks. The letter T is used as a stock symbol for what company that famously does not begin with the letter T? Oh, boy. My initial thought was T-Mobile, but clearly that's not right. This is a stomper already. It's not Sprint, is it? Going to go with Sprint? I think, I think Sprint's an S, but I know it's a one-letter one. Yeah, let's go with Sprint. Why not? T is represented by AT&T. So close. I knew it was cellular. T for telephone. I don't get anything for that? Come on. You do not. Oh, no. Maybe here at the 150 mark. You want to move on there in stock symbols? Let's do it. Okay. The letter S is somewhat of a cursed stock symbol. It had once belonged to Sears before transitioning to its most recent owner, who as of 2020 also lost the listing. Who is the most recent owner of the symbol S? Lost listing with S? Something is telling me Sprint. Because I think they, didn't they have a, um, do M&A with T-Mobile? I don't know why I'm on cellular providers, but yeah, let's go with Sprint. Why not? Taylor, you're a smart man. There's a reason you were going after cellular providers because S is Sprint. Let's go. We're on the board here. Let's go. 150. With their merger with T-Mobile, who is not T. But S, they are no longer listed at S. They are just under the, the new TMUS banner in NASDAQ, not in the New York Stock Exchange. Ah, okay, okay. 
So no sweat on the 50. You're building some steam at 150. You're a third period player, right? So you're ready for this 250 mark? Building up the stamina. Here we go. If you purchase X number of shares of the company stock listed under the symbol X, what company did you just purchase ownership in? X. Ooh, you're right. This is a 250 question. This is a stumper, Steve. Holy cow. What do we think? Uh, I don't even know. I, I'm drawing a total brain fart, to be honest. Just stumped, or have you got anything rattling around in there? <laughs> These days, there's not much rattling around in there, but um, uh, let's go with DirecTV. I don't know. Loving the telecom game today. Unfortunately, it is not DirecTV. In this case, X does not mark the spot, but it marks U.S. Steel. Oh, that's a, yeah, I never would have guessed that. 250 questions came to play today. I had to look around the room. Hey, DirecTV, let's do it. I like the inspiration. We're drawn from our environment. Got to take what you can get. Context clues are very important, students. As you're working on multiple choice questions in any kind of standardized test environment, use those context clues just like our buddy Taylor here. Don't just stare around the room, though, and look for answers, though. That doesn't always work. Where to next, Taylor? Let's go with the Red Wings. Let's follow it. For 50, Tomas Holmstrom had a storied career with the Red Wings, as you well know. Now, can you name for me the number of Stanley Cups he won while playing for Detroit? Ooh, okay. Homer. We're going to go 97, 98, 02. Did he, was he an 0-7? I'm going to go four. That's correct. You chose wisely. He did win four Stanley Cups. Let's go. I'll take 50. I'll take 50. Let's go. 97, 98, 02, 08. Tomas, what a guy. Oh, what a legend. Just standing in front of the net, getting hacked. He will not obstruct this next clue here. We're going for 150. Yuri Fisher won a Stanley Cup in 2002, and Yuri Hudler won a Stanley Cup in 2009. Now, what nationality do both Yuri's share? Okay, I'm thinking Eastern European. I don't think it's Czech. They're from Slovakia. Going with Slovakia? Let's try it. Ouch. Czech Republic. They are Czech. Oh, I, oh, it was on the tip of my tongue. Oh, I opted against it. Shame. Unfortunately, Czechoslovakia has since broken up. We can't give you the points on that one, but it was an admirable effort. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. I respect that. All right, wrapping up with 250 here. Let's do it. In 2008, Chris Chelios became the oldest active player to win a Stanley Cup in NHL history. The second oldest player on that Red Wings team was Dominic Hasek. Now, who was the third oldest player on that 2008 roster, a player who won his first cup with Detroit and had actually been drafted by them 19 years earlier in 1989? 1989 third oldest guy who won the cup in 2008 okay so my initial instinct has me leaning towards stevie y in the year that he retired which was i believe before that um so if it's not him is it is it lidstrom this is another 251 we're looking for dallas drake Oh, what a name. Oh, that's a throwback name. Well done. Okay. Classic mid-2000s. Had come to the wings just before that from the Blues. No, that's fair. That's He was a little spitfire on the ice, I'll tell you that much. He was a great fantasy player for me back in those days. I manage a baseball team. 
Little League? Fantasy League. Want to round things out with part of my take? Let's go to PMT. Okay, a little background for the audience here. So we've got part of my take, abbreviated to PMT. It's a podcast put out by Barstool Sports, hosted by Big Cat and PFT Commenter. Taylor, you're a a sufficient award-winning listener of that podcast that I think you can share some insights here on some of the guests that they've had on their podcast. You're at AWL as well, so let's get on with it. For 50, as you know well, Scott Van Pelt is a champion of the PMT Boys and has even hosted them on his late-night edition of SportsCenter. From what college is SVP an alumni? Maryland. Maryland for 50. Terrapin Scott, they call him. No, they don't call him that, but they might. (laughs) I mean, you got to throw that out there. I think they do sometimes. You can't get anything done if I keep talking your ear off and asking questions. So I will say SVP's the man. What a good dude. Really cool dude. Your knowledge of him earned you 50 more smag coins. You're rolling into the 150 clue. Let's do it. So time to rewind. The first ever guest on part of my take was Bomani Jones for a segment that they had called Four Good Minutes. It was inspired after PTI's Five Good Minutes. They scrapped it, and it was just kind of a funny footnote in the show's history. Rewinding back, what month and what year was this episode released? Essentially, when did part of my take have their first guest, first media episode? Okay, we're thinking back on the calendar here. So my initial instinct says... 2015, but I think that's a little too far back. So let's go with September 2016. Ooh, March 2016 we were looking for. You were so darn close. I respect the 2016 and the the way you convinced your own self out of the 2015. (laughs) This wrestling match between your left side and the right side of your cortex is won out for you. So I'm not giving you the full 150, but darn it, Taylor, I'm giving you 75 smag coins on that one. Oh, you're too kind, Steve. Thank you much. And I tell you, it's a battle between the two cortexes every day of my life. So sometimes good, sometimes bad. You never know what you're going to get. Let's see what we're going to get here, how they harmonize for the 250. Who else but Mike Portnoy Esquire? He's the people's lawyer. He's their personal lawyer, frequent guest. And he's a man that is known to have a number of grievances. Uh, Many. Including big time grudge against the U.S. Postal Service. He believes that they've burned his mail intentionally. He's getting singed letters in his mailbox. Quite a number of grievances coming from him. Uh, he's got another quirky fact that I want to ask you about. He is a man who has consumed the exact same breakfast every single day for over a decade. Now, can you name for me, what did he eat every morning for breakfast? Oh, my goodness. What did he eat for breakfast? I do not know off the top of my head, but I feel like I got to go with traditional, even though it may not be that way toast even stranger he goes with two milano cookies every morning for breakfast oh that's right oh yep i totally remember it well well played well played he's just shout out for that weird breakfast shout out to a couple others that come to mind fun facts for you and listeners in case you didn't know but mel kuiper he's the draft expert on espn just about every morning he has pumpkin pie for breakfast just has himself a piece of pumpkin pie and then Nick Saban is known to have two Little Debbie's oatmeal cream pies for breakfast. <laughs> That's a savage move on both of their parts also. All of these are successful men. I really think that people, you got to set down the toast, set down the cereal, find something goofy and probably unhealthy, and maybe you'll find success in your future. I think it's about the only path towards success. So all the kids listen out there have at least a dozen donuts every day for breakfast and nothing but good things can come of that. So 
true wisdom with that one. You know what? I'm giving you five smack coins for that answer. Yes. Racking them up, baby. Let's go. With that rack of points, we are looking nice. We're looking handsome as we go into the persuasion round. Before that, let's take a brief word for these messages. The following skit is for comedic purposes only and does not reflect a sponsorship of the discussed product. The views and opinions expressed by this podcast are not endorsed by the following company. This is not a paid advertisement. It's a sunny afternoon. You're looking to take a picnic lunch. And instead of sitting on the grass, getting feasted on by grubs and ants and various other microscopic creatures, you want to go sit at a picnic table. You can stretch your legs out. You can lay out your plate, your sandwich, beverage. It's comfortable on the back, comfortable on the lumbar support. Now imagine that you're actually a squirrel and you've never had this opportunity before. Squirrels, they don't have the privilege that we all have to sit in handcrafted picnic tables and other outdoor furniture. Until now that is, because if you go to Critter Creations, you can order personalized squirrel picnic tables. You can put corn cobs, you can put strawberries, you could put cucumbers, carrots, any host of fruits or vegetables that you might prefer to feed neighborhood squirrels support Critter Creations for all their handcrafted, lovingly crafted, amazingly crafted craftsmanship, Critter Creations Squirrel Picnic Tables. Check it out. Okay, and we're back, and we are jumping right into the persuasion round. So today, Taylor, your persuasion prompt is this. We're in 2006, and McDonald's is the lead investor of Chipotle, and they've just divested their ownership stake. You are pitching a group of venture capitalists on why they should invest in Chipotle. Tell me why this is a good company, what sets it apart from others. And uh, I mean, you have the benefit of hindsight, right? So you're actually coming from 2020. You're stepping into 2006. So maybe you can even kind of chart where the world's going, but the, the floor is yours. Oh, what an absolutely terrific invention of Chipotle. The absolute goat of all casual fast food, healthy fast food, whatever you would like to call it. You know, as time goes on, you know, we've seen this across multiple fast food companies of the burgers, the fries, the very traditional things. Not the best for you, let's be honest. May taste great. You may also have, you know, some difficulties later that evening if you're eating Taco Bell, which I know I, we all have some friends that um, have gone down that road before. Indeed. Hand up. You know, I think it's something where as the fitness boom continues, the health food industry continues to take off. Fast food has to follow. There's only going to be one successful venture, and that's going to be Chipotle. And I'll tell you why, because the quality, the locally sourced, high quality products from, you know, from farm to table, very short timeline there, to the quickness, the people that work at Chipotle, I mean, across multiple different companies, who makes up companies, Steve? What makes up companies? Do you know? Ingredients. It's the people. The main ingredient. The people are at the heart of every single company. And the people at Chipotle uh, are absolutely fantastic. Because the people at Chipotle take pride in their work. Whether it's from sourcing local, you know, very high quality ingredients to taking that double order of chicken, the fajita veggies, the black beans, add some guac on there. It doesn't compare to anything else in the fast food space. You may be thinking, well, this has got to cost me an arm and a leg. $25, $30 for fast food. No way in heck. Not even a chance. It's very reasonably priced. If I'm in the office and I'm looking for something quick, I have 15, 30 minutes between meetings. Where am I going? Boom, Chipotle. 
as Chipotle continues to expand, and it will across, one, the United States, the good old United States, two, the entire world, it's, it's a trend. It's going to do nothing but grow, and I have that figures of growth every single year, annualized growth. It's, it's outrageous. You've never seen anything like it before in your entire life. It's so true. It grew. You could say Chipotle grew an entire industry, right? Because as you've noted in this present 2006 hypothetical, you've got these fast foods, but now we evolve into fast casual and you see it with every other kind of food. They've all tried to emulate Chipotle. We're, we're the Italian Chipotle. We're the Chinese Chipotle. It all comes back to their model of service. Exactly. And these other companies have, to your point, tried to emulate what Chipotle has, but it just can't be matched from a high quality ingredient standpoint, the people, the culture, really taking pride in their food. Now, how would you specifically compare them? They can't be matched to some of these other food groups, but they do have now, if we jump ahead a couple more years, they've got some competitors in the same exact Tex-Mex space where you've got Qdoba, you got Moe's Southwest Grill. How do these stack up against Chipotle? Fantastic question. Um, in the end, Chipotle's the GOAT. Really, what it comes down to is not just the people, but really when you go to Chipotle, the options are endless. They can cater to the keto diet, the vegan diet, whatever you're looking for. You can make it personalized. Yeah, you're right, because on top of just your usual chicken or beef, they got multiple different kinds of porks. There's like a, a sausage pork and then a shredded pork. They've got tofu, right? Or sofritas. Isn't it like a plant-based? They've got all kinds of things. I think you're right there, Steve. The sofritas, I, I haven't personally tried them, but I've, I've heard nothing but raving reviews. To your initial question of, you know, some people may say, oh, Taylor, the queso at Qdoba is 10 times better than Chipotle. That's fine. Chipotle is looking for an all-expansive meal. If you want to go somewhere for the queso, that's fine. Be my guest. But if you're looking for an overall well-rounded meal that you can get what you want, high-quality ingredients, when I think about the comparison of Moe's to Qdoba to Chipotle, I mean, you have your Moe's, smaller portion size, smaller burritos, not really up my alley. I don't need the side of chips. Thank you very much, though. Number two with Qdoba, the quality and ingredients in terms of the meat, the rices, the vegetables, it doesn't compare. It just does not stack up to Chipotle. So true. They try and differentiate themselves with these sort of side options. Like you said, queso, more free chips, little differentiators that don't improve on that core meal experience, which is founded in ingredients. Like you said, Chipotle, kind of known for the premium. However, they did have a bumpy path for a while where they were having health scares, outbreaks of E. coli, norovirus, and they had to weather a pretty serious storm. Did that impair Chipotle's quality in your eyes back in those days? And how did they recover? Fantastic question. And, and it was a scare. It was. Now, I made sure to do my research in terms of the Chipotle I was going to on a regular basis just to make sure there wasn't any you know, recent outbreaks, etc. But in my mind, it was something where there was a gap in the process. Yes, you do not want this to happen if you're the CEO. The worst thing you can have happen is you know, somebody getting sick from your food, etc. But in my eyes, I do think the leadership did a rather decent job of closing that process gap, really reemphasizing at Chipotle, 
you're going to get nothing but the finest ingredients, made it a promise to their customers, and have since had nothing but, from what I've seen and researched, nothing but success in terms of quality. So it was a bumpy path, Steve. It really, truly was. But I think the leadership did a good job of quality control, improving processes, making sure whether it's the managers, the cooks, everyone focusing on quality to ensure it does not happen again. Couldn't agree more. It has really rebounded. And I think that kind of controversy would have sank a lesser company. But kudos to Chipotle. They bounced back with, like you said, some real good management decisions. I think our conversation could not be complete without leaning into what you said there about the customer experience. You know, Chipotle recently, and recently is a loose term, it's been a little while now, but they launched their app with a point system. Uh, Taylor, you're known as sort of a points hound, if you will. If you accumulate 120 points, you'll then be awarded a free meal. Uh, how many cycles of this have you accumulated at this point? Got to be at least 10 or so, right? Uh, Steve, I can't lie to you. It's something where, you know, for a while there, it was, I, I was going to Chipotle three times a week. You know, I, I'd normally get the burrito bowl for lunch, throw in a side of tacos for the snack, and then hit the gym after that. Now, I will state that was before the absolutely genius creation of the rewards program at Chipotle, the app, etc. In my eyes, if I was running the company, I'd, I would have done it sooner. They were a little bit slow to release it, to get it, mm -hmm. you know, to where it should be from. When you look across the industry, I think there were other players that were doing a better job of the system. To answer your question, I don't know. I'm taking the over on 10, I'll tell you that much. Probably closer to 15 free meals. Um, like I said, at least three to four times a week. And oh, baby, we were racking up points. Just a legend at the local Chipotle. Thinking back and reflecting, part of me really wishes I would have made, you know, more effort in terms of getting to know the people that work there at the, at the local Chipotle. You know, where else am I supposed to go? I mean, come on. Now, occasionally I toss in something else, but thinking back, I, I think I should have made a little bit more of a, a personalized um, occurrence every time I went to the restaurant, you know, just to make sure everyone, the great people of Chipotle, we're enjoying their day just as much as I was the moment I stepped inside Chipotle. It's a great lesson for us all. We enjoy Chipotle so much. We gain so much enjoyment from it. It's only right that we share that happiness with the people that put in the time to, to deliver that experience to us. It's a life lesson that can be applied to a variety of other things. So you go to the store, you go to a restaurant, make that little extra gesture, you know, Smile, whatever it is. The world's becoming a better place, one Chipotle burrito at a time. Thank you for that wisdom, Taylor. Thank you for that rundown of why Chipotle is such an amazing company. Uh, I think that that venture capitalist group that you hypothetically pitched all that to, they would be uh, marveled at your knowledge of the future, and, and they would have no choice but to invest with you. On that note, I'm going to award you, it's based off of the exact price that I would pay for a chicken burrito around here, 715 smag coins. Nice. And I will say, I'm kicking myself now. I do wish I would have bought the stock back then because it has absolutely exploded. So hats off to Chipotle on that. Well, note it's not a one-letter stock. It is a three-letter stock symbol. So CMG, if anyone's interested. And uh, with that, let's take a brief word for this advertisement. 
The following skit is for comedic purposes only and does not reflect a sponsorship of the discussed product. The views and opinions expressed by this podcast are not endorsed by the following company. This is not a paid advertisement. Have you recently looked outside, seen the birds, the blue jays, cardinals, robins, maybe, maybe a hawk, a bald eagle, seen the groundhogs, the little chipmunks running around in the rocks, the squirrels laying down sunbathing, and you thought to yourself, well... <laughs> I wish I could give that little fella just something I did up. Whether it's in the tree, on the ground, and you just wanted to spice up his or her day, we got the thing for you. Critter Creations has exactly what you're looking for. For the squirrels, for the chipmunks, anything you can imagine. Absolutely customized picnic tables from a tree mount to a ground mount with a nail for a horn on the cob. Does it get any better, folks? I mean, I can't think of a better way to spend your money. Next time you look outside and you see little old Jimmy or Tony, whatever the squirrel's name may happen to be, he or she may say, what do we have here? And sure enough, that squirrel is gonna be camping out on that picnic table until the end of time. Critter Creations, get on it. All right, we're back. We're wrapping up today's show as we enter the lightning round. So Taylor, today your prompt for me in 45 seconds, and you're not going to get penalized for any wrong answers. Name for me as many denominations of global currency as you can begin. The yen, the dollar, the pound, the euro, the lira, the yuan, um, Uh, oh, no brain farts. Oh, no. Singapore dollar, Canadian dollar, um, the peso. Goodness, I had missed a bunch of obvious ones. Uh, I, I would love to have a round two, but I know uh, we can't get round twos on Smag, so. Taylor, you correctly guessed nine global currencies on that one. I'll take it, I guess. Under the wire, jumping in on that Singapore dollar and the Canadian dollar, which people need to know, it's a different currency than the U.S. dollar. It is, it is. And I initially, my brain went to Europe, and that's not a good strategy because most of Europe uses the euro, so uh, let's get out of Europe here, Taylor, and we had to jump back to uh, good old North America. I'm trying to think. In terms of Europe, you've got the Swiss franc and... Uh, oh, my God. That's the one. you got your kroners in Sweden yep. and Norway. Yep. That's, that's about it, though. Yep. Oh, I can't believe I forgot the franc. Devastating. Absolutely devastating. Well, no reason to be too devastated about today because you came away with 1,135 smag coins. Okay, okay. Now, how does that compare? Editor's note. We did not capture Taylor's audio here, but he asked how does his score compare to the leaderboard? That's a great question, Taylor. To find that answer, let's kick it off to the leaderboard and find out. In 10th, Taylor, 1135. First, Matt, 1885. Second, Scott, 1870. Third, Alex, 1831. S-M-A-G-S. My name is Taylor, and I got smagged.